Hello and welcome to June 1998's Wrestling 20 Years Ago, Volume 3, which is the land of ECW. Uh, volume 1 this month is WWF's King of the Ring and that wonderful Helena Cell match. And WCW is Volume 2 with their great American bash. And here on Volume 3 this month, I am have joined by a debuting Adam Joyce. Adam, how the devil are we? Hey, hey, yeah, things are going pretty good, Chris. Now I've got this stuff working. How's things your end? Very good. Enjoying uh, France 98. So, yeah, all, all the footballing joy that everyone would need. Um, so, as it is your first time here on the podcast, would you like to let people know a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Adam. Uh, for about eight years, I was a lackey to uh, various pro wrestling promoters, uh, including Dan Reed, Alex Shane, Sam Nee. Um, if you recognize my voice, uh, you're lying because the only place I ever heard was HUW commentary tracks. Um, and I was all over some of the older WrestleTalk TV tapings. Uh, stayed out the wrestling business for a couple of years, uh, which is why I'm doing this. So I'm planning on keeping it that way. <laughs> Going back to when it was good. So, in that time, we are going to go into the news. Heatwave moves venue and tickets shift fast. So, ECW have moved the site of their August 2nd pay-per-view, which was meant to be hosted in Indianapolis, Indiana, and has now been moved to Dayton, Ohio. On the first day of ticket sales in Dayton, it was reported that in the first three hours alone, 1,050 tickets shifted, for a grand sum of $43,000. Matches that have been slated for the event so far, obviously the card is always subject to change, is New Jack versus Jack Victory, an Iron Man match between Just Incredible and Jerry Lynn, Storm versus Candido, Taz versus Bam Bam, Dreamer and Sandman, and Spike versus the Dudleys, and a tag match between RVD and Sabu against Masahino Tanaka, and a partner to be named, which is believed to be Hayabusa. Blame Canada. So, Lance Storm missed shows this month due to visa problems, which meant the hotly contested and anticipated match between him and Candido against RVD and Sabu has not yet happened. Tananka is coming back. So, as mentioned in the rumour for the pay-per-view, Masahiro Tanaka will be coming back to ECW, and this time is believed to be staying for about six months. Franchise injury time frame. So, Shane Douglas has had his elbow surgery this month, and the time frame for recovery is expected to keep him out on the sidelines until November to remember. More pay-per-views in 99. So this year we have had four ECW pay-per-views, or planning to have four pay -per -view ECW pay-per-views. 
Next year, that is going up to six as increased revenue and buy rates prove that ECW can do this. So we are going straight into TV this month. It is no pay-per-view, so it's just a whole month of TV. Uh, we open up with a highlights of a dance-off between the FBI and the BWO. That is until Taz comes down and fucks everyone up. Bam Bam comes out and launches Guido outside of the ring and the two brawl. We then see a match between RVD and Lance Storm for the TV title. Um, this is sort of abridged highlights. Um, they open with loads of awesome reversals until Fonzie gets involved. RVD somersault splashes to the outside, hits the railing draped spinning leg drop, back into the ring hitting Rolling Thunder for a two. Lance hits a corner drop kick, top rope back elbows gets twos and follows up with a springboard Tiger Bomb for a two and a springboard Lariat for a two. That is until Sabu comes out and grabs Lance. He then hits a triple jump elbow through the table, RVD hitting the split-legged moonsault for the win. Surprisingly, after the match, Candido makes the save. We then see the Dudleys versus Dreamer, Spike and Sandman. As always, Gertner is on fine form. Venus, my ass. 
and spewing out from behind his shadow two of the most hardcore wrestlers ever to compete before you or anybody else and the three-time ECW Tag Team Champions of the World Devon and Bubba Ray the Dudley Boys! Gertner has got the crowd so riled up they're actually throwing shit into the ring. Dreamer comes out and does his best mooter impression, misting beer into the eyes of Bubba Dudley. Bubba and Spike go at it. Spike corner punches Bubba until he hits a mega bomb and then beats him down. Spike powers up, Bulldog and tags to Big Dick and Sandman. They brawl, as you'd expect, to the outside, and then all six go at it. Back into the ring, Sandman hits a Franken-Sander. Big Dick hits a Power Slam and a two. Spike goes for a top rope dive to the floor, and Bubba and Tommy are going at it in the corner. Tommy hits a top rope stunner into a slingshot press for a two count. Spike hits an acid drop on Devon for a two count. Sandman canes Dick until Dick hits a choke slam. All of the Dudleys, including Sign Guy, are put into Tree of Woes, and everyone gets hit with chair-assisted dropkicks. Bent Ref Jones makes his way out and fights with Beulah, that is, until he gets hit with a DDT. Chair shots all round. Tommy then bulldogs Devon onto a ladder which has been brought in. Sandman then uses said ladder on Bubba and hits a senton. Sign Guy has grabbed some handcuffs and has handcuffed Tommy to the top rope. Spike climbs the ladder, but Sign Guy shakes it till he falls into a bubba cutter out of nowhere, which gets a two count. Spike then hits an acid drop on Bubba onto the ladder. Sign Guy then in again, beating up the ref. Devon goes to smash a chair on the handcuffed Tommy Dreamer, only for Beulah to beg him off. Devon then goes to punch her. That is until Bubba stops him, only to free Dia. At this point, out comes pretty much the whole roster to try and uh, save this. New Jack coming out with his usual array of weapons, until Jack Victory comes out and smashes the guitar over his head. So, first week of TV. Obviously, the big talking point we will cover in more detail at the end of the show because it carries on for the whole month. Um, but... Any thoughts on the RVD and Lance uh, match at the beginning of the show? Oh, I mean, it's been said before by pretty much everyone on here, but someone like Lance Storm is a perfect opponent for RVD because with RVD being such a spotty worker, it takes someone like Lance to sort of pace out the match right, sort of keep it together. Really nice to see a good sort of solid uh, match. And as we'll probably crop up as we keep going through the TVs, a whole match because a lot of these matches um, later in the month got edited down quite a bit. That is pretty much sort of standard fare for ECW TV. Uh, is they do love an abridged match, which you know, I mean, they got a little bit too he- heavy on that in one of the shows later in the month, where I think there's about six matches they show in literally about four minutes because yeah. it's just clips. So. Going into week two's TV. Yeah. I was going to talk about the dance-off as well, actually. Okay, yeah. 
what, uh, what are your feelings of uh, the BWO and FBI's comedy shtick? Because obviously this is one of the ones that does divide opinion between a lot of the team on the ECW shows. Because a lot of people either really like it, see it for what it is, which is, you know, opening match fodder, fun start to show, and then some people just don't like it. Where do you stand? I mean, honestly, I'm not especially a fan. You know, it's one seeing more seeing one dance off is fine, but it's a consistent thing. Although I think what the way this worked out was probably best for them as a product, seeing as how the TV tapings came from uh, Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, which is part of where Mid South was like 15 years ago. Which is Mid South was always seen as the most real sort of wrestling in all the territories you have like this comedy shit that gets cut down in like 10 seconds any mid-south fans who just wandered in that evening would have been really happy with how that turned out i thought and seeing taz kill them well you know like i said uh louisiana home of mid-south most realist guy in the locker room comes out to, and kills the comedy bullshit i'm sure that any uh crowd members who remember mid-south would have loved that so, yeah, going into week two, we open up with an ultimate squash of Jamie Dundee versus Cronus, where Cronus wins after hitting a 450. We then get an interview with Lance Wright and Joel Gertner. Hello once again. It is, of course, your pleasure to see that I, Lance Wright, here have announcing duties back in Extreme Championship Wrestling. I'm here to show everyone why I, not Joey Styles, am the man with the announcing talent here in Extreme Championship Wrestling. You know, Joel, Hold on, hard. Hold on, you know the routine. Damn. He's clean. Joel, you know it was Hardcore Heaven 97, where I got a chance to show off my talents. Now this is my second opportunity. Mr. Stud Muffin, take it away. <clears throat> Well, 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 Lance, a scoop for you in this interview, and for the world, perhaps the most shocking truth in the history of extreme championship wrestling. Last week, you all watched as the Dudleys went way too far. The Dudley boys went beyond extreme. And I, kind, caring, sweet, humble, and Ivy League educated, Joel, I only beat on women when they're asking me to, Gertner. <laughs> I have issued the Dudleys an ultimatum. Quite simply, the Dudleys will apologize in person to Beulah McGillicuddy or they will lose the services of the quintessential stud muffin. Whoa, 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 Joe. We don't want to lose your services because nobody does services like you do. You're the best. You got the best voice at ECW. No, we don't want to lose you. Uh, if you want us to apologize, uh, we'll apologize. We'll apologize, but uh, we ain't gonna apologize on camera. If we gotta apologize like you want us to, uh, we'll do it in person. We'll, we'll apologize in Beulah in person. No problem. We got it. No problem. Devon 
What the hell are you doing? Get! Demon, get out of here! Beat your ass! I can't believe you! Bubba! Where am I? Demon! Bubba! Bubba gave me crabs! She what? She gave me crabs! Dreamer! I'm sorry that your rat is going around the whole locker room! You know, spread venereal diseases to all the boys! We're sorry! <laughs> We're real sorry! <laughs> but not as sorry as you're gonna be! <laughs> Testify! So what you just heard is Lance and Gertner's little interview there where he says Dudley's went too far and says that if they won't apologize, he will leave. Bubba says that he'll do it in person so they open up the back of an ambulance where we see devon shagging a doll saying that the doll has given him crabs and that they're going to take out tommy stay classy ecw that's followed up by a triple threat promo where candido says that he wants to prove a point as lance can't get into the country Shane says that he's the real champ, not Taz, and that Shane is going to be his partner. You know, the one time that I wouldn't actually mind teaming with that Canadian idiot that Lance, the Canadians can do nothing right. The Canadian Airlines, you know, oh, they couldn't get the flight to Philadelphia that time. He didn't miss the show. So, so ECW, <laughs> they're not going to let me pick a partner and defend the tag team. I pretty much defend by myself all the time anyway. But you know what? I'm going to have a point to prove tonight. I have a point to prove against Sabu. And I have a point to prove against Rob Van Dam. So they're going to let me pick a partner tonight to go out there and kick their asses. And I got the best partner. Hey, I got the beast man what a team we are gonna be me I, you got something to prove to rob van damme man it's like he right, stole man. that belt from you man we're gonna get i'm telling you man head. if that arm wasn't hurt me you can have a hell of a time out there too you know we would be a heck of a team. yeah wait a second i mean no no offense here big man but yeah but you don't need it i'll take it tonight okay, put yourself in that danger no that doubt. i know what you guys yeah. can do i know what you can do by yourself against these two jackasses i know this man can do by himself and together it's no question I hit on something here for a second. Francine and I have been sitting back in the penthouse for the last couple of weeks and sitting and watching all these guys have all this fun here. And i got to tell you, my ego's been a little bit hurt, a little bit bruised here because I'm seeing things going on here. i got somebody, Taz, coming out with an orange belt. Oh, it's the world title. You guys know that. This is what the real gold is all about. And I see this oh, guy yeah. coming out and carrying an orange belt and saying he's the world champion. That hurts me deep inside. It's taken me 16 years to earn that. I see Mr. Glamour Boy, Monday night, Rob Van Dam. Yeah, what a joke. I see that I'm going to tell you what, you know, it's easy. You guys know as well as I do what this place was four or five years ago. It's easy to go out there and have the big crowds roaring and cheering for you and dive off that top rope. Try doing it when there's 75 or 100 people inside and you're going outside trying to beg people to come in. That's the shoulders that I put this place on, my shoulders. That's what I've done here. That's what this belt means to me. Now, I've got a bit of an ego. You guys know that. Hey, no problem. So my question tonight is, do we let the big man go out? I say we leave the big man in the back. Keep an eye out for Taz in his orange belt. And if he comes out and shows his face, take his ass out. You got Once it. and for you all. You got no problem with that? You cool? Let me go out with you. Hey, I'm getting surgery this week. You guys know. Francine and I know. The surgeon can take care of it. How much worse can it get? Fracture, bone right. spurs, hey. bone chips. A one arm franchise was still better than a two arm Lance Storm. Right, well, you know, snap it in half. Yeah, yeah. snap in half. You know what? I'll run out. I'll beat him to death with <laughs> Let me be Let's your partner, right, Chris. Let's let him be the insurance policy. I Let's say take that's this out, okay? Because you know it's what? Tonight, there's going to be a member of the Triple Threat standing by your side. 
Right. Doesn't have to be the big man. Remember, the triple threat's gonna stand by your side, kick the out of Sabu, and Van Damme is gonna be me, World Heavyweight Champion, franchise. I like it. You do it. Deal. And I've heard a lot about a guy named Rob Van Dam. I said a few weeks ago on television that each and every one of us upholds our end of the bargain for this. Why don't you suck my ass, head? Unlike you that sucks a <laughs> He beats the hell out of people night after night and upholds his end of the bargain. I think they're talking to you, punk. <laughs> and this beautiful woman takes care of business. Every God-given night. I have heard from the internet and the smart marks and the sheets how Rob Van Dam is the real singles champion here at ECW. So I'm here to prove a point tonight. Rob Van Dam. Zoom in here, cameraman. Look in my eyes. You are nothing more than a Johnny-come-lately. Nothing more than a high flyer. A guy who takes risks. And I'm sure all these franchise fans here will agree. This is the house I built. Not you, Rob Van Dam. And so tonight, injuries or no injuries. Rob Van Dam, I just got to know. F the doctors and f the people who say I shouldn't be here. Tonight, Rob Van Dam, you and Sabu against me and Candido. We then get into the ring where we see that Shane calls out RBD and says that he's hot shit and people say he is. And you will hear that right now. We then get highlights of the RVD Sabu versus Candido Douglas match. Um, from what we see, it is really good. Um, obviously, Taz comes out in his usual way in these sort of matches, attacking Shane's arm. Bam Bam comes out and makes the save. And the end comes when RVD and Sabu hit dual top rope leg drops through a table onto Candido for the win. And the last bit of the show we see is Taz and Bam Bam fighting in a car park. So, again, obviously the W stuff, will cover that in whole at the end. Um, but the idea of Shane, obviously we know this was the week before his surgery, going out and having another match with his fucked arm. Suppose it can't get any worse. What are your thoughts, Adam? Well, it's it's kind of hard to judge because, like you said, that match was edited down, so we don't know how much of that match Shane was in, other than the uh, the melee at the end. So they could have they could have just protected him. Although 
from what I've heard, RVD and uh, Sabu, they, they work a bit tight. So chances are Shane was spending a lot of that match on the apron. So there'd probably been lots of uh, the standard Sabu RVD spots, which is, you know, lots of time setting stuff up just to hit the big move. And I would imagine Candido was the one who took most of it. But, you know, as, as you said, with Shane, I don't think his arm can get much worse. So as long as he could, he believes that he can keep holding people up and do the moves, then fair play to him. So we are going into week freeze TV, which opens up with an interesting match type, which sees the Dudleys and Jack Victory going against Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, New Jack and Spike in a weird sort of war gamesy style entrance match where two start and then another one joins every few minutes. Opens up with Bubba and Sandman. Sandman canes Bubba until Bubba hits a fucking huge chair shot. Bubba then grabs a mic saying that all that Sandman is is a cane shot, a beer drinker, and he smokes fags. And he should know that his wife's blowing Raven. Sandman kicks off with some punches. That is until Jack Victory comes in. We then see Spike in who gets Bubba bombed onto a bin. Tommy's out and comes out firing, hitting Bulldogs. Jack, Victor, and Bubba then grab a barbed wire ball. Devon comes out and the heels take over again. Bubba hits Sandman's head outside of the barbed wire ball and then takes shots to the floor. This brings out a ladder to the floor where Spike dives on to bowl the Dudleys. Big Dick in and brawls with New Jack, who comes out with all his weapons, as you'd expect. We get a mass brawl that ends as Tommy hits the Dreamer di Driver, which is a, basically a modified tombstone for the finish, which he hit on Jack Victory with a chair shot. This is then followed up with probably the, the best match of the month. Jerry Lynn versus Just Incredible, who's with Jason Chastity and Nicole Bass in an I Quit match. We get some really good back and forth to start, including a wonderful chop battle. Lynn flapjacks and Justin then takes advantage until Jerry hits a Jaragon screw leg drop. Jerry beats down Justin, putting him into a single leg crab, hitting a slam and then a head scissors from the top rope. Justin then backdrops Lynn onto the apron where Jason grabs his leg and Nicole Bass hits him with a stiff clothesline. Justin then throws him into the railings and then we get another chop battle outside and then back into the ring. Justin with the advantage hits a big slam and then hits a top rope sunset bomb into a modified version of the Lion Tamer. He copies his good friend Scott Hall by hitting a razor's edge then puts on a single leg crab. Lynn manages to get out of that, hitting a tiger bomb and then putting on a version of the camel clutch. Bass and Chastity trip Lynn. Justin then drops Lynn across the railings and then back into the ring for Justin to hit a corner bomb. 
Lynn manages to turn the horror from Brana. They then battle into the crowd again, where he's backdropped off. Justin goes, or Jerry goes up to the top and goes all the way out to the splash from the top rope. Again, in the ring, Lynn hits another single leg. That is until Jason comes in and swings the chair but misses. He eats a tiger bomb. And then Bass comes in and eats a chair shot. Chastity gets tombstoned. Justin hits a low blow. Jerry then tries to do a apron suplex, but Justin reverses it and turns it into a really awesome-looking reverse DDT for the table. Back into the ring, Jerry hits or blocks that's incredible, putting on his own and then hitting a STF and getting the win. After this match, we get our first announcement for Heatwave, which is Taz versus Bam Bam. So, what were your thoughts on the uh, Lynn Incredible match? Well, it was a good solid match, but the thing I had sort of nagging in the back of my head, especially towards the end, is do I really buy Just Incredible as someone who can legitimately do anything in a submission match? I mean, he was busting out a lot of stuff, but but he just does not come across as someone who I could believe could win a submission match. Well, that that's a similar argument to the one, what, last year with Brett and Austin at WrestleMania. You don't well, expect to see, you know, if you have an I quit, you don't, you, you don't have to have be a submission specialist for it. Well, with, with Austin, I could legitimately see Austin beating someone until they have to just go, yeah, no mass, no mass. I I can't see that with Justin Credible. I'm, I'm struggling to buy him as, as an upper-card guy. He, he just comes across as just mid-card at best to me. It doesn't help the fact that he relies so heavily on his entourage. But if you think, if you're going sort of back, say, five, ten years, when a lot of sort of that late 80s, early 90s lots that had managers and tag partners and all that extra sort of things around them. Think Bobby Heenan and the family, the horsemen, stuff like that. If done correctly, can be very effective and work really well, I think. And I think having, you know, Nicole Bass, which is obviously, you know, ECW's version of China, um, out there as the oddity you've got jason who's just a smarmy shit anyway who just everyone loves to hate you know i, th- I think it works yeah but my issue is i don't buy him as an upper carder even with the entourage he just seems he just comes across so mid-card to me i'm just not i'm just not seeing it Okay, yeah, it's obviously one of those of, with Justin, obviously, he's only been there, what, six months. At the minute, he's not really sort of there for the main events. Um, he is sort of the mid-card guy who you sort of know you're going to get a fairly decent match out of. Yeah, but, um, but the point is, with, with mid-card guys, they don't get the big matches because they're just the mid-card guys. They're not the, peop- they're not the guys that people are coming to see. The people who got, the people the crowd are coming to see are the people who get those specific matches. 
Austin would not have got the I Quit match as the ringmaster, but just incredible is getting the I Quit match as just another guy, or as or as I'm perceiving him as just another guy. Okay. Um, obviously, it's one of those of I think with Justin, I can see what they're trying to do with him. They're obviously sort of doing the slow build of just making him the person that everyone wants to hate and. The thing with ECW, they don't have your standard structure that other companies have, especially when it comes to obviously things like the titles and stuff anyway. Because if you look, who the top guys, quote-unquote, in ECW are is Sandman, Dreamer, Dudley's, Sabu. Um, they're there because they're the ones that will do the hardcore shit. The guys that are the best wrestlers or the ones that do the more most of the in-ring stuff are never normally perceived as such as the top guys like in the fed or in wcw well no but well um, it's not about it's not about what how he is as a wrestler it's about how he is as a character do i perceive him as a character who who is worthy drawing the crowd and thus getting the gimmick matches. And I just don't see that from him. Fair enough. Um, what were your thoughts on the uh, opening clusterfuck that was this weird sort of War Games Rumble hybrid just from out um, of cage? How do the heels always win the coin toss? Every time. Seriously, it's, you know, Flair has never won a War Games match yet. He always wins the coin toss. How? All right, it's a gimmicked coin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, it's certainly it was certainly a good example of um, ECW action. I it was mentioned in the commentary in the in the first episode, but actually um, we didn't actually pick it up in the news. Uh, ECW's got some more syndications this month, I believe. Uh, one was was when in Atlanta somewhere. I can't think where the other one was offhand. So. You know, the these shows are the first that some of these uh, locations are actually getting to see ECW, and this match is what a lot of people view as ECW. And I think it was a great example of of the sort of crazy action that, that they can expect. Um, you know, if they actually sort of say buy a pay per view or go to a live event uh, and see it in full. Yeah, um, it is without without the walking brawl side of it outside the ring. Which is you know a staple of good ECW walking violence. You know, it has pretty much everything you want. New Jack with all the weapons, weird juices of barbed wire, Sandman caning people, big chair shots. ECW summed up in a match. So we go into week four's TV, where we open up with Tommy Dreamer basically calling out. The Dudleys. This brings out Devon. I am here to wrestle. I'm here for one shot. An even chance to fight any one of you coward Dudleys right now. Out here, no rules. 
he gets the upper hand, that is, until the rest of the Dudleys come out and he eats a 3D. Balls, Axel, New Jack, Spike all come down to run them off. We get highlights of the FBI versus the BWO, all of which we see really is a dance-off and the ref having a shoving match against the FBI. Dundee versus Balls or Axel, I'm not sure which one, but they won. Taz beating up some jobbers and a ref call out Bam Bam for a brawl. We then get a promo from RBD and Sabu. Saturday night in Philadelphia, the combination of the easy title, baby. We're coming Saturday night for two things. How about it, Mr. Monday Night? Saturday night in Philadelphia. It's not just an ECW title, it's the ECW television title. Not that Shane Douglas has been defending his title lately or anything, but I'm the television champion. And after Saturday, Sabu, we're going to have the tag team belts. There's three of us, we need three belts. Two and one, right down the middle. Right, Daddy? Oh, what was that? Okay. Rob Van Dam and Sabu are going to take the tag team titles from Chris Candido and Lance Storm. And guys, hey, there's going to be consequences that you're going to have to deal with. For instance, Lance Storm, no offense, but I don't think they're going to keep you around much. I mean, you're just so boring, you know? It's not like they need you, but we'll get you a job. Hey, we've got connections. And Chris Candido, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not my fault that after you lose your title, your old lady's gonna be banging on my door again. <laughs> and speaking of banging, Francine, we'll even let you touch the gold if you let Fonzie here touch the silicone. Oh, yeah! Uh, Fonzie. Hey, you wanna touch it too? I'm just thinking that he needs to give it a little test. I mean, they look good and stuff, but hey, Fonzie. Okay, Lance Storm, Chris Candido, we're coming to take your titles. Blow the whistle, Fonzie. Obviously, you just heard that there. Uh, RVD telling us that he will win the tag team belts because there's three of them and they need three belts. We then see highlights of Sabu versus Ulf Herman. Sabu wins this match with a camel clutch. Um, from what we see, it is a decent TV match. Um, Herman, I don't know where he's come from, but he looks good. Um, massive German lad. Lots of upside there. And Sabu does what Sabu does best. Gets in his ship. We then see highlights again of uh, another TV match between RVD and Cronus, which is for the title. RVD wins after hitting the Van Daminator. Again, between the pair of them, lots of kick base offense. Um, both getting their shit in and both looking really, really good in the match. We then see another quick match between Storm and Candido versus Che and Mikey Whipwreck, where Storm and Candido get the win after hitting a powerbomb leg drop combo from the top rope. Um, not Again, it's another one where they put pretty quick highlights, so you don't really see a great deal. We then get a promo from Candido and Storm, which we'll hear now. A little message here from Chris Candido, Mr. No Gimmick Speed himself. Not only am I a lovely Francine, a member of the most elite group in professional wrestling, but also I'm a member of another elite group, the World Tag Team Champions, myself and Lance Storm. Even when we hated each other's stinking guts, we're the best team in the world. And now that we're trying to, you know, kind of get along a little bit, we're even better. 
So let me tell you something. Rob Van Dam, Sabu, you come to the ECW arena. We're going to knock you, rock you, fuck you. Take it. You know what? Hold on a second, man. You know, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, we are supposed to face you guys at the arena, but something happened and we couldn't. But you know, you think that three weeks gave you guys time to train, gave you guys time to get ready for us? <laughs> that three weeks just gave us time to get ready for you. I've never been so confident in my life. You guys think that I'm just gonna hand over this? I worked my ass off to get this. You guys bust my face open? I'm just gonna walk away, throw this down? I don't think so. You want what we got? You're gonna have to come and take it. Cause I'm gonna kick your ass. And brother, if you don't have my back, I'm gonna kick your ass too. You got that? Hey, I got it, man. He's so hyper. Obviously, you just heard that. So, uh is saying that, you know, they used to hate each other. They were great then. Now they sort of like each other. They'll be unstoppable. We now have a promo from them Dan Dudleys. Well, well, well. Welcome to Extreme Championship Wrestling. The show that... Oh, oh, are you kidding? We have a match sometime tonight. I just started overdoing it. Yeah. Paul, you think it would be too much to ask for you to pay the electric bill every now and again? And it's not like we run any real arenas. How much could it possibly cost to light up a bingo hall or hockey rink? B23! Community center. Just a little. Roll it again. Five, four... Hey, you know what? Roll it again. I'm a professional. Let's do this on my countdown, please, so that it gets done. In three, two, one. Well, well, well. Welcome to Extreme Championship Wrestling, the show that features the team that took out America's sweetheart of a prostitute. <laughs> that. Oh, you my man. God. Now! Don't you say a word, not one damn word. So during the uh, promo you've just heard, the lights keep running out. They blame Paul for not paying the electric bill. During the one of the blackouts, we see a fag getting lit up, which only means one thing. The Sandman's there to beat them up. They take out Sign Guy Dudley by smashing his leg in a locker. Well, well, well. Everybody so upset that you will never again see the lovely, voluptuous, overexposed ass of Beulah McGillicuddy. You will never see Beulah McGillicuddy again is because she has purchased a one-way ticket direct to Dudleyville. 
You know something? I don't know what all you people are so mad about. Beulah McGillicuddy with nothing but a two-bit was Tommy Dreamer's broken hole. But Dreamer, I got news for you. Your breath smells a lot better now. Because every time you kiss Beulah, your breath smelled like the of every wrestler in that dressing room. To finish the show, we see Bubba and Sandman have a come together. Bubba is in the ring. Gertner tells everyone not to get too upset. They'll never see the Bueller again. Bubba calls her a two-bit whore. Stay classy. Sandman comes out. Bubba hits him with an electric chair drop but misses a follow-up with a chair. Sandman starts caning Bubba until Bubba hits a lariat and grabs the cane himself and hits some hard cane shots. They brawl to the outside. Sandman, with his typical table suplex, lobbing a table at Bubba. Sandman is then sent into the railings. A fan punches Bubba. Bubba then smacks him back, which brings out the rest of the Dudleys. The fan turns out to be Beulah's brother. They throw down, that is, until Tommy and Spike come down. And also, the whole locker room empties to try and get these two away from each other. So, obviously, Dudley's is a separate thing that we'll sort of cover in full in a minute. What did you think of, obviously, the potted highlights of uh, the Sabu and RVD matches? I was watching watching Cronus um, in this in the squash match a couple of shows before, and I was just thinking, he's really in the wrong time. Um, I think he would have been so much better in an eighties territory. Because the way the business is right now, I think ECW is the ceiling for him. Uh, but he's so good. He, he he could have been like a traveling monster heel or even a lovable baby face for for a lot of the uh, southern territories back in the day uh see I, I feel cronus is suffering now that he's not in the tag scene because when him and saturn were together as the eliminators their style worked so well together um obviously he was chucked in with new jack to make the gangsterators which didn't really work. You know, it was fun because it meant that you were getting decent weapon brawls with some high flying shit in there. But I think, I think Cronus on his own. I, I think as you, you're right there with the fact that I think he is at his limit, and I don't see a great deal of what you can do with him other than sort of you know he's a good hand for this level. Yeah. Uh... One other thing I have in my notes is um, 
we had the tag title match with uh, Chetty and uh, Mikey Whitbreak taking on the champions. One thing I found kind of odd about that is just before they went to that match, they had Joey Styles announcing the tag match between uh, Candido and Storm going up against RVD and Sabu, which is going to be shown on, I believe, next month's TV. I just found it odd that they happened that way around because surely that's killing the result of the match they're about to show you. But it's ECW TV. You sort of know that when they've been building this match for the past two months, that they're gonna they're gonna win a squash match. Yeah, you know, against against a couple of uh, of the jobber level stars of ECW. Yeah. Maybe it's just the way the match was over. I thought they were selling too much for those guys, to be honest. I'm, I mean, Mikey, you know, he's a great underdog babyface, but they didn't need to be selling that much for him, uh, unless there was just a, a lot of heat that was edit that's sitting on the cutting room floor at the minute. So, um, what were your thoughts of Ulf Herman? Um, it's the first time he's been on ECW TV. Um, looks obviously more like a Fed guy than a than an ECW guy, but from what we saw, I think he looks rather good. Yeah, no, he's got some good, solid stuff from, you know, the, the brief showing we, we got of him, yeah. Uh, he looks like someone that, you know, Vince Vince would be interested in picking up. Um, and, you know, there is, there is that relationship there now, so... Maybe, maybe there are the talent scouts around to sort of, you know, elbow Vince and say, hey, give this guy a look. You, you might like him. So, as we've sort of mentioned quite a bit on here, we'll talk about it all at the end. We are now at that point of the show because it's been quite a quick one, this one, because of it just being TV. The overarch of this whole month has been them damn Dudleys. Destroying ECW sweetheart Beulah McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy leading with the Dudleys to spare Tommy Dreamer. No! Bubba Ray Dudley, good taste prevailing, stops Devon from punching Beulah. Right about now, you will just have heard the audio of them doing that 3D onto Beulah. And with this whole sort of overarching story for the month, um, I think because how they're using the Dudleys now, not so much as being in the tag division, it being about the tag titles for them. I mean, this them being the biggest assholes in the company is perfect fodder for them and it puts over just how terrible and how much of a decent move that the 3D is because obviously we've not seen Beulah since her getting taken out with that and the amount of violence we do see against women in ECW 
that they're back the next week. For Bueller to be gone all month obviously means they are really putting some stock behind them. Yeah. Um, I, when I first w- watching the match, and you know, Devon went to swing her, and I, and then Bubba stopped, and I thought, oh well, actually that that would have just been a really good visual. I mean, maybe I'm focusing too much on uh, this Tuesday in Texas back from '92 where Jake did the same to Elizabeth, but I, I still think that could have evoked a reaction. But by doing the 3D, they've they've really sort of put over the move as this devastating move by not having her on on TV for the whole month. Although one thing that particular that's that's kind of grated at me a little they they've shown all like these highlights of a you know from uh, previous events but there's been no real sort of introduction to them other than just like oh do you remember the time she did this do you remember the time she did this there's no it they could have just done something about the context because it did just seem to be slipped in to the shows sort of nonchalantly you know what i mean mm, um Though that's another one of those that's how ECW do a lot of their stuff when they they sort of do it quite often with especially long overarching stories they will quite happily just go in between a segment showing a video of I don't know Sandman and Tommy or something from a couple of years ago and they always sort of reference back to it it doesn't doesn't sort of have a a thing on the story as it's right this second but i think it's there more to just especially someone who's been there and watched it all just go ah remember when we've seen her do this or this history is there they've done it before um i think it's more on, on the character side more than a sort of relevant to what's happening in the story right now I mean, you know, if if it is going somewhere, then then that's that's great. Um, but it just seems that they could put some sort, of, maybe put some sort of production towards it. And like in the last one, they actually had um, a video with like a Paul Heyman voiceover, which was which which I think made a, made a, a point better, which I've actually not included in my notes, which really not helpful can trying to make a point here um yeah so, thing, uh, yeah sorry what you're saying yeah so we've obviously what we've seen and there's been the the video packages of sort of the stuff that Bueller's done in the past um obviously we've had the Dudleys and Gertner on their usual high level of dissing promos and being as rude and obnoxious as they possibly can. Obviously most highlighted in that promo outside the ambulance on the second week's TV. Are the Dudleys the best heels in the U S at the moment? I, I, I can say you've got a good solid argument for that. Although one thing they did that, did kind of annoy me on the third week TV. They had uh, the show open with that in-ring promo, and I know they're not the only people in ECW to do this, but insider terms, it 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 isn't that taking the peeling the curtain back just a little too far. 
but I, as a as workers, I think they really have got the heel thing down. I mean, the way Bubba sells that is not how a, a face feeds or, or sells in a match. Um, he every t- every bump he takes, you sort you know it, the crowd lap it up because he's got that technique. Is right. Or, I mean, I'm not. Sh- he might be overdoing. It. I'm not sure if I love it or if I hate it, but it it really works well with you know just garnering heat because you know every every move he makes the crowd really on the other guy's side yeah i think the the addition of using big dick uh this month obviously gives them a a slight extra element that you don't normally get with dudley's because obviously big dick normally all we see of him is he'll come in do a little bit of something at the end of a match or something to turn the tide of a match. But to actually see him sort of having sort of pretty much full matches, I think going forward, the Dudleys as as a clan, more than just the Dudleys being Bubba Ray and Devon, um, have got so much, so much upstart going forward and that level of heat that Gertner can can draw this this is going to keep going and I, I could see this sort of going through the rest of this year because if you keep Bueller off say post heat wave you know there's there's always going to be that sort of callback waiting for when she gets back and that Tommy can get back the win and you know hurt one of the Dudleys or do something to one of the Dudleys to revenge his girl yeah, uh, I mean, leading into this, I was sort of thinking, you know, Tommy's not really doing a lot, and this has really sort of given him sort of a really fired up storyline, possibly for the first time since Raven left. Yeah, it's gonna say, um, Tommy's a weird one to really write for, though, because you sort of need him to have to be fighting for his honor, some or someone's honor to get the best out of him or there's, there should be sort of a long, a long running feud there, which as I said, the longer you keep Bueller off TV, the more that you can do with this. And there's that constant thought of how is Tommy going to get his uh, pound of flesh in return for what's happened to his beloved Bueller. What what the what the thoughts we're having on on them tearing down the curtain? Uh, I believe it was what four years ago when they did it with Tommy and the Sandman and the and the blinding, doing it with Bueller's brother. So what were our thoughts on that? See, I at first thought, oh shit, they've gone and uh, got a rabid fan because we've we've had reports over the past year of fans at ECW events, just going that little bit too far, trying to grab at people, trying to punch one of the wrestlers, getting involved, especially with Shane and Francine. The amount of heat that the Dudleys have, it's the sort of reaction you could imagine that would happen for them. So with all of that being said, I think, using the real life brother 
just sort of makes it more real. This isn't just a TV wrestling hoo-ha thing. This is someone's brother. This is someone's sister. This is family. You know, it just gives it that extra dimension of realism, which at times you have to have just to make the best wrestling. Uh, I suppose it's it's just that you know the, they did the whole tear the dressing room wall down thing that they did, like I said, the, the Sandman blinding, and it was only what three, four years ago. And these aren't just your average wrestling fans; these are ECW fans. They they are going to remember that. I was just wondering, is that is that going to turn any of them off, or or I mean, they've in fairness, they have played this story out really well over the last couple of weeks. They've, so there is something they there is that that can make them overlook it so i'm just I'm just torn and i mean see how it, maybe i just kick back and see how it sort of pans out over the next couple of months I'd say, i think one of these with how ecw goes i always have faith in them that they're gonna do something well with everything they start um obviously as a footage, the fact of the brother jumping in and getting involved is going to work really well in the future for any VTs they want to run about this story. It's going to be perfect for the lead-in into the pay-per-view. You know, it's... They will they will always make chicken salad out of chicken shit when it comes to what they want to use with their, with their footage. So I think I don't think they can do anything bad with it, really. So no, obviously, it it does seem to have sort of a it does seem to have sort of some good steam behind it. So I've I've got faith in it. So obviously, we've had as as extras to this Sandman, New Jack, Jack Victory, and Spike, um, with having obviously these these extra people involved and is it the best way of using new jack which will mean that he isn't diving off shit and balconies which he shouldn't be doing and a good way of using sandman to obviously cover up his major flaws in trying to have a decent match with people and just letting him do the best of Sandman, which is swinging a cane and drinking beer. Well, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong wrong with that, you know. Keep keeping Sandman to you know just just the hits in the ring is is probably for the best because you don't want Sandman just out there on his own, sort of getting dragged through long matches it's not exactly in his wheelhouse having him being a supporting player in something like this yeah it should work out really well for him i think so overall with what we've seen so far um with this story do you reckon that this will go past heat wave or do you think it will be once we get to the the pay-per-view that'll be then done uh no i can i can see this sort of being you know drag, drags out for a while you know 
you know, we might not see Beulah till Heatwave, at least possibly even later, if, if they're really sort of going to drag this out. So, it, it would be... Yeah? I'm, I'm thinking it would, it would be, you know, a fairly sort of good pop for her if she shows up in, in that tag match at the pay-per-view. That's, and then that can just lead to something maybe slightly further down the line, maybe uh, like a eight-man with, with her and Gertner or, or something like that. Yes, we've we've seen her get involved with guys. Obviously, she had that one with Fonzie before and you know, she'll quite happily do some spots. So, yeah, you could see that happening. It would be rather wonderful. I would, I would see that you expect some uh, decent action between them all. So that will bring us to an end for this month's show. I would like to thank Adam for joining us for his very first show of wrestling 20 years ago. Is there anything that you'd like to plug, promote, shill? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, like, everyone here i'm on the twitters um so if you want to follow the only uh, 20yrs twitter which is both followed by jim Cornette and blocked by hulk hogan i'm el underscore j um and if you've liked my random musings and want to see them in person i i have a page on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash el dot j dot comedy um i think all my dates are up to date at the minute um I was going to say I'm in Oxford next week, but I believe that's after this actually gets put up. So, uh, yeah, check on there. See, see when I'm in your area. Wonderful. And as always, if you want to hear my musings on music, go to Show and Tell Tunes. Um, as of recording, because obviously this will go up early before the Patreons, just put out 103. Um, so obviously got to the big 100 last month. So hours upon hours upon hours of free music there for you, for your listening pleasure. So as always, volume one, WF's King of the Ring, volume two's WCW's Great American Bash. If you like it and love the show and want to give back a little, you can do if you go to patreon.com forward slash wrestling 20 YRS. And for the grand sum of $5 American, you can get early access to shows and also help us keep the costs of the show covered and keep it coming out to you every single month. And until July, we will see you again. <laughs>